I think, I mean, <laughs> maybe I need to have In-N-Out again, but I th- I'm pretty sure that if I had In-N-Out and Freddy's in a blind taste test, that Freddy's would come out on top. Freddy's is what In-N-Out wishes it was. Ooh. Hello, and welcome to the Biblically Centered Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is a podcast. Yes. Perfect. We have a kids podcast now and, and we record though. We have those come out every single day. This yes. one comes out once a week. So we're used to saying biblically, biblically centered kids, biblically centered kids, podcast. but this is not the biblically centered kids. Podcast. No, this is for parents. Yes. For those of you who are just listening and can't see, you haven't been seeing me progressively. Well, your tummy is relatively below the table. So that's true. But Yes. We're going to have baby number four anytime. They're really anytime now. As soon as possible for me, but. She's ready. Ready to get that baby out. Yes. Um, yeah, we're here on a cold day, enjoying my coffee in my Silver Dollar City mug or cup or tumbler. What do you call this? Um, I think they call them refillable mugs. Refillable mugs. Well, yeah, most mugs are refillable. <laughs> but yeah, a little souvenir, and it turns out it's actually a really great coffee cup. I found out months later. Yeah, so, there you go. I don't know if there's any single person out there listening to this who's interested in that, but I do like Silver Dollar City for what it's worth. Maybe someone has one in the back of their cabinet, and they'll pull it out to try it out. Growing up, for both of us, the closest kind of amusement park we had was Six Flags. Oh, yeah. Astroworld, which yes. no longer exists. No. It was a fun one, but I'm thankful that the closest one we have currently is Silver Dollar City because I just feel like it's a slightly elevated experience from a Six Flags. Yes. We did go in the summer, though, so we didn't get any hot chocolate, which we normally, yeah. or we have gotten at wintertime. Yeah, we would planned on going back around Christmas time. We just never did. Yeah. Um, but Silver, Silver Dollar City is a great... I mean, it's, it's Christian-themed. Christian-themed. They have, like, choirs that sing Christian songs, and we saw a couple performances, and they were all somehow talked about God in them and stuff, so it's fun. And history. There's, like, history. blacksmith. Candle-making, glass-blowing, blacksmith. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a fun, fun place. Time. So, if you, you know, if you're Random shout-out. Yeah. And they got good rides, too. They, have, they do. Their roller coasters are fun. They have a new one. They're building a new one. Actually, this mug here was has fire in the hole on it, which was a indoor roller coaster that had been there for like for a long time, fifty years or something. But it said retiring, and then they announced at the end of this year that they're opening up a brand new one next year. So I'm sure the mug will also say fire in the hole next year, but themed differently. It opened in 1972. Oh, so yeah, 1972, over 50 years, fire in the hole. But enough about that fire. What are we talking about today? Uh, well, first I'm going to do our uh, mission statement. Yeah, we should do that. Yeah. That's a good idea. I think so. Okay. Biblically Centered equips your family with knowledge and conversations for you to live and defend your Christian faith. And so in the kids ones, we're kind of, our virtues are a little different because with those we started in order at the beginning of this year. Mm. And this podcast kind of started at the end or the end of last year. So um, 
if you have kids doing the kids podcast, you can go back and listen to the parent one for that week. Yeah. Uh, but this week in ours today, we are learning about virtue Q, which says we quickly take initiative in cleanliness and tidiness, not settling for laziness in any area. We can go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis 1, 31 says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Mm-hmm. And that's a simple verse. I'm sure a lot of us know that one. But it's just the idea that God set the stage for us to do good work because God set the stage for Adam, but it then became Adam's responsibility to care for mm-hmm. the stage God had mm-hmm. set for him. So it's similar to stewardship, which is a later virtue that we'll get to, but taking initiative, basically knowing that it's your responsibility or not, and still deciding to do it. So you are choosing to forego something else in order to complete um, a task or something that you notice. Um, So trying to teach our children to care, which is hard. (laughs) But it's good, obviously, a good virtue to instill in them because it will benefit them for their whole life. Mm -hmm. And one thing we've been trying to teach with our children is the quickly part, because I feel like sometimes, you know, if you give them a whole day to do something, they never do it quickly. It's always like the last hour, the last five minutes. Yeah, I learned that lesson. And it's like, oh, well, okay, we, we have life group tonight. So you guys have to have this done before we go to life group. It's like, oh, shoot, they're going to wait till the last 30 minutes. And they did. So it's like, we just got to give them time is now. Yes. So quickly emphasizing that is what we're personally working on in our household of, nope, this is just when we do it. Let's do it. It's kind of funny because our middle child sometimes, uh, like one of the tasks they have to do each week, uh, each week is clean the basement because we live in a area of the United States that has basements. And so ours is like, a, you know, they do a lot of their schooling down there. You know, it's a big play area for them. So very quickly can it turn from clean to messy. Yes. So that's a task they have to do weekly um, at least. And But our middle child, it's just always a struggle to get him to pick up. I mean, it is a lot whenever it comes to pickup time. Um, but it was funny because, I mean, he'll eventually do it, but there's usually a lot of nudging and prodding and, to put it lightly, along the way to get him to pick up. But then yesterday, randomly, my daughter came upstairs and had said that he had just picked up the whole basement, her brother. Um, and so I came down here, and sure enough, he had. Just randomly one morning on a whim. But it was because... He was trying to build like a dinosaur zoo in the basement. So he needed the basement clean so he could have all the space to build his dinosaur base. <laughs> I mean, honestly, whatever compels you yeah. at that point. And um, then he spent the next two hours building a volcano out of cushions. Yeah. And getting his dinosaur toys and creating. He he turned a Spider-Man into a pterodactyl. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Yep. Yeah. And the one dinosaur was eating a triceratops. I yeah. mean, it was. It, yeah. But. Um, he set the stage. <laughs> <laughs> he did. So yes, I think it's interesting depending on your kids' personalities what helps them actually want to pick up. Um, our daughter, if you give her a goal of 
what was it? Yesterday was like Mario Party and Freddy's if they did their tour, their big tour yesterday. And may, I mean, she was on it. Yeah. You said those words and it was like, boom, she was doing it. Yeah, and you had, you had to tell her to like slow down so her brothers like, could like, help. She, did, she didn't really do it. I mean, they kind of got lucky because she ended up, I mean, the boys helped carry some stuff for her clean everything else. So, yeah, she's very highly like task oriented. Honestly, Freddie's, I mean, she lo- she loves some Freddie's. Mm-hmm. Who, I mean, it's just so good. Freddie's is what In-N-Out wishes it was. Oh, wow. Gonna start that feud. Oh, no. I think, I mean, <laughs> maybe I need to have In-N-Out again, but I th- I'm pretty sure that if I had In-N-Out and Freddie's in a blind taste test, that Freddie's would come out on top. I mean, you would be able to clearly know which was which anyways. I need, I really, like, In-N-Out is just, it's such an anomaly to me. I don't think that's the right word, but it's just yeah. because so many people love it. Right. And, like, there's burger shows, like, on YouTube with these, like, burger scholars who have, like, spent their whole life perfecting burgers. And they still have In-N-Out in, like, their top three burgers of all time. And I'm, and then I'll have it. Whenever, like, I'm, I've never had it in California because I've never been to California, except in LAX. Um, okay. So people say it's better in California. I don't know. I've had it in Texas. And it's just always been just very so-so for me. Yeah, wouldn't we rank Shake Shack above that? Yes, I think Shake Shack's a better, a better burger. My experience with Freddy's has been better. Freddy's has better fries. Oh, yeah. And announce fries are terrible. And they <laughs> sit there and hand cut. This is a rant I'm going to go on. <laughs> they sit there and they hand cut. Like there's someone who hand cuts potatoes in, in and out to make a terrible product with them. Like that is such wasted labor. If they were making, because there's a way you have to right. cook fresh fries to get them crispy, which right. essentially means you essentially have to fry them twice. Right. You have to par do like fry. a par fry, let them sit dry and then fry them again. And, they and don't that's do how they them. get crispy. They don't do that. They just go straight from cut to straight to oil, and then they so they're always soggy. They will never be crispy unless they just unless you tell them cook them twice as long. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm just like, so they're like they're just sitting here having this guy all day cutting potatoes to Real. make a inferior product. Correct. And I would say, anyways, frozen vegetables are where it's at. Frozen fries are where it's at. People give frozen a hard time, but typically when it comes to vegetables, well, when and you when did you did work in, frozen, in fast food, fast casual food for twenty years, so you can take his. Yeah, you used to have people fresh squeeze lemons every day. Typically, and they say that in terms of nutrient density, frozen vegetables will retain more nutrient density than even the vegetables you'll get at the grocery store. Correct, uh, because they they freeze them pretty quickly after they're picked right it's the same thing with fries well a lot of the fresh fruit they pick before they're ripe so that they'll be ripe at the store right and that isn't as good for you Mm. there you go there you go so all that to say (laughs) don't knock places that use frozen fries because one they're frozen quickly after they're cut do you like waffle fries and they create a crispier product And crispy is what we're looking for when we're getting fries, not yeah. little soggy things that you have to cover with whatever the sauce that people rave about at <laughs> in and out that's just a glorified Thousand Island. Anyways. Do they do it with cleanliness and tidiness, though? Well, that's where in and out wins. 
because we can get in debates about the food quality, but In-N-Out does win in the um, customer service cleanliness, the whole aesthetic, like the fact that it feels like you're in an old school right. restaurant with like the, the how simple their menu is. And yet and, still modern. But their shakes are terrible too. Oh. No good. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not going to go on that either. <laughs> so really it's just their burgers, which at best I feel like are, are mid. So, but their service is nice. What was your question? I don't know. Now that you got that off your chest, I was going to say, are are they cleanly and tidy so we can get back to our virtue? They are very clean and very tidy. Yes, they are. There you go. But so in Colossians 3, <laughs> 23 through 24, it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord. That's even if you're working it in and out, work <laughs> as if you're working for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Yes. So I think that's an important distinction to be made that when we are working and teaching our children to work, we want to get the point across. Yes, it is for us and our house, but ultimately it is because it is our responsibility as people who follow Christ to do what is required of us. And so if maintaining your home is a requirement as it is, as it should be, then that is part of their responsibility as living in your household. Uh, because again, we're building towards and ultimately we'll talk about stewardship in a later virtue, but that's part of it. Like we can't be good stewards if we can't take care of our things and we can't do bare things for God if we can't maintain smaller things. So I think just always realizing that um, in cleaning and in being tidy, we want to try to find ways to um, talk about what we're doing is unto the Lord. And it says, you know, we will receive an inheritance as our reward, which is eternal life. Um, and again, it's not based on works. It's But works are a byproduct of our heart turned towards God. So, um, yes, and that can be hard. Um, but again, a lot of these virtues that we talk about, we talk about, you know, are there ways that you can express these out loud? So, you know, we are taking care of our house because God has provided it to us or God has provided, you know, these items to us or this or that, um, just to communicate that everything does come from God. And so our responsibility as Christians is to take care of those things, which God has given to us. Yeah. And I think not to be overwhelmed, I know we've found in our house that almost the fewer things we have, the better we're able to keep up with them yeah. and the better we treat them and the easier it is for our children to actually take care of the things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a lesson there um, or a angle that I think can speak to a lot of things. Like there is just something... Um, like I know that it's a quote, it's not scripture that says cleanliness is next to godliness, but there is an aspect of like taking a more simplistic approach. Um, and it's not to say, you know, we're, we don't ever talk against like having nice things or that kind of thing, but sometimes having too much, you know, can be more of a hindrance than it is a, um, yeah, more of a hindrance than it is a benefit. Um, and so 
we have found with our kids that like I mentioned the basement earlier, you know, we have, we have a storage room that's attached to our basement down in the, in the basement. Um, and so we just kind of started moving stuff into the storage room, you know, maybe it's toys that just kind of get left out. They don't really get played with much or whatever. And we, and so we've very much simplified what's out in the basement and yet somehow it's created a more peaceful most of the time experience because the basement one doesn't get as messy as quickly. And I just feel like when there's less options for them to choose from, they're able to enjoy the option they have better. Yeah. They almost get like better focus. Yeah. And I feel like that can even trend. I mean, you know, I don't know what the overarching lesson is there, but even like when you think about, um, like even us as adults trying to choose something to watch, maybe a movie we want to watch, mm-hmm. you know, if we had a DVD collection of 20 movies, it'd probably be relatively easy to just choose one to watch. But when you have, you know, Hulu and Netflix and Amazon video and all that stuff, and you have 1500 movies to choose from, you just sit there and it's like an hour and you can't decide what to watch. Right. You remember growing up and being dropped off? Well, I don't think I was ever dropped off, but I like the Blockbuster or movie store. And it was like, these are your options. Mm -hmm. Go to the kids section. They got like two shelves. Right. And you might have watched half of them. So there goes half. We Ninja Turtles a lot. I don't know why (laughs) my dad just never bought it for us. Never owned Ninja Turtles, but we rented them a lot. Um. But yeah, it was easier to make that decision because you'd be like, no, I watched that last week. Oh, okay. You watched that the other. And then you would be like, okay, we have two options. All right, let's do this one. Well, and we used to do that when we were first mm-hmm. married. Well, we used to do that when we lived. And when we lived. Yeah. Like there was a, in seven the town, years ago. When we, when we moved here, um, there was a family video that was still in existence that was oh, walking yeah. distance from our house. Yeah. It's no longer there. If they eventually, you know, bought the bullet. Um, but. Uh, bit the bullet I don't know what phrase sometimes I feel like I don't understand the phrases I'm saying but they eventually closed but for that for those few years even when our daughter was young we would stroll her down there pick out a couple movies it was nice all that to say less is more and I think when it comes to you assessing your home and the pinch points of messes and cleanliness and all that kind of stuff if, if you do run into challenges with your kids I just think there is an element of less being more um not to say that you not to get or have things that you consider nice, but just right. well, less and is more. yes, and because like for us, it's easier to say instead of clean the basement, it's easier to say pick up the duplos or pick, pick up, up the magnetiles. The magnetile. You know, like yeah. we give them one item to focus on. A, then they know what they're actually picking up, and B, it lets us know who is picking up, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is always nice to know. Yeah. So. Anyways, just random. That's what we found works at our house. And maybe you have a different solution that is working for you. And like we said, every kid is a little different. Every house is a little different. So I don't want to read the next verse. It's a little convicting. So you just want to skip it. (laughs) I guess I'll read it. (laughs) Philippians 2, 14 through 16. Do all things without grumbling or disputing that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in this world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. 
again, with all of these virtues, they are helping us be sanctified as we live our, live our life, trying to emulate Christ. We are being sanctified and working on all of these. So yeah, do all things without grumbling or disputing. I feel like I'm still not there yet. Yeah, me neither. But I don't know if when they wrote this verse that they knew that, you know, we were going to have kids. They probably didn't know that. (laughs) But Um, yeah, it says that we would be without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. So even, that's the thing that I love about scripture. It spoke to them then. It speaks to us today. It will still be speaking to us um, in years to come. So a crooked and twisted generation is culturally what we are stuck in without Christ and so we are to show you know we are to be without blemish in the midst of them so that we can shine as lights in the world I mean if you just think about your workplace are there people who stand out because they are doing their job well and they are you know you're like wow they always do this project excited and they're you know, continually training themselves and wanting to do better. Those are the people that stand out in the workplace and who get promoted or who get recognized or who get accolade. And we don't do it because of those things. We do it because we're honorable and we want to please God. But um, that that's a natural byproduct that we will go further in our careers or at work or in life because we are just happy to be doing what we've been given yeah and there you know there's just something um attractive you know some the people that you know in your life that um are able to go through um their work week and even if it's not perfect um or maybe you know that somewhere deep down then maybe the job they have is not the one that they ultimately want or they're in a spot in life that's not their ideal setting but they're still able to maintain this sense of peace and joy and they're pleasant to be around um, because they kind of radiate that joy, which is deeper than their circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something that just is attractive. And I'm not, when I say attractive, I'm not meaning like physically attractive. I'm just saying like it's a person that you like being around, you know, a friend you like spending time with, someone you like working alongside because they're just an encouragement, as opposed to the person that seems like no matter what. Um, and I'm sure you can also think of people who maybe do have the thing that, um, the things that you are working towards or the situation or the money or the family that you would dream of, but yet they seem to grumble all the time. Um, and I think because the thing that we have to get our minds around is like the grumbling and all that is not a circumstance based output. It's an internal output. So it comes from something that's going on inside of you deeply, not this, not the circumstances. So whether you're, living your best life, so to speak, or you're not in a spot you want, you can still have, you can still work and do the things that are in front of you with joy and peace if you allow God to work in you that way. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's been a few years since I've watched Dirty Jobs, but I, A, love that show. B, they're showing people doing things that you're like, whoa, I would never, ever, ever want to do those things. And these people are just like, most of them were genuine, like excited to go to work, excited to help people. And they were like pretty not great jobs, mm-hmm. but they took joy in what they were doing. And, um, right. And like you said, Come. 
it's um it's easy i think for us to paint this like portrait to our kids if you're going to get this job and it's going to be great and you're going to be fulfilled and it's like yes we want that for our children but also along the way there might be circumstances and jobs that we're doing that aren't what we want to do or that aren't the flashiest or the greatest but they're still required and they still need to be done and to do them well with a good attitude um, makes all the difference and might help them get to where they want to go quicker. It might help put them in contact with the right people. Um, you know, all these things that you maybe don't think about um, just from their attitude. Um, that will get you recognized almost a lot more than just doing the job. So at the end of this virtue, it says, not settling for laziness in any area. And so laziness is ultimately um, idolatry. And so is its opposite workaholism. And so both of these are actually forms of self worship. Each of the virtues that we've defined, um, have their virtue. And then they also have two vices. And, um, I believe in our first, like what we're about episode, we kind of talked about Aristotle's, the golden mean and kind of what that means and looks like. So on, opposite sides of the spectrum you have laziness and then you have workaholism um so just kind of you know maybe stop and evaluate where on that scale you sit uh depending on work or home or kids or this or that because we we don't want work to be all that our children know about us and we don't want to come across as being super negative every time we have to go to work or something Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. I mean, you want to display the right characteristics in front of your kids. So you don't want them to get the perspective that you're like you said, on one end lazy that, you know, whenever you're at the house, you're just kind of loafing around all day, but then you also don't want their perspective of you to be that you're a workaholic. Um, and you know, and I think that especially in, um, I know that they're both tempting. I know that, you know, for those who are maybe heavy in the social media, like obviously comparison, you know, we've heard it our whole life that comparison is the thief of joy and that you you can be so, so blessed and have a great spouse, great kids, even maybe not ideal circumstances, but just a lot of blessings in your life that God has blessed you with uh, to make a content happy, productive life where God has you, but you're also very inundated in social media. And so you see those people who you went to school with or the people, you know, in, in your same city that just are quote unquote abounding more than what you feel like you are. And so you can start to compare and wish you had maybe a house like theirs or a car like theirs. And then suddenly, instead of being thankful for all the things that you have, you're now just wishing you had what they had. Um, and so sometimes I can create in people this kind of, some people just want to grind, you know, work, 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 grind, 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 like all hours of the night. Like, you know, I'm going to get home from work and I'm going to do my side hustle until 10 PM. And then, um, and not to say that there's not seasons of life where you might need to put in some extra time here or there, but basically we need to create the systems for ourselves that don't allow that workaholic tendency to come in because, 
All that to say, you're not that important. <laughs> Some people feel like the business can't function without you. Um, yada, yada, yada. And I get that lots of jobs are different. Um, but if your job is too demanding of you, then that just means there's not the right systems in place. Yeah. Um, and you are not that important. Every Everybody is replaceable. The only person, the only time you're not replaceable is as a husband and as a father or as mom, as wife, yeah. um, because no one can replace your kid's mom. Um, no one can replace your kid's dad. So that's where you aren't replaceable. But in the workplace, I mean, and I learned that, you know, I had, I was a little self-important in my previous job thinking that I had done, you know, so much and kind of put myself in a good position and was relied on a lot. And I was, you know, when I left. You know, it was tough, but they had to got a new guy for yeah. my, for my spot, uh, the next week and they have kept on trucking. Yeah. I wasn't that important. <laughs> well, and don't they, they say at the end of your life, you're never going to look back and be like, man, I should have worked more. You're probably going to be like, shoot, I worked way too much. Yeah. You know, and, and not to say, obviously, like you said, there are seasons and there are times in your life where it is hard and it is difficult and week to week there is a struggle but we shouldn't let that become our norm and also to speak to something you said earlier um what's the phrase like we see people's highlight reels we not, don't see their, their behind the scenes not their behind the scenes so you don't know how those people got there and also sometimes we don't know how how much debt people are in mm -hmm you know, the struggle that they're going through. And so to compare ourselves to someone else is just, it, it doesn't benefit anyone. Well, it's crazy. Cause like when the, you know, the Bible talks about not coveting your neighbor's wife, mm -hmm. it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to covet what my neighbor has. I can understand that. But now we have access to so many people's <laughs> like essentially the social media is like our new neighborhood. And right. we can, and now we have all of these people at our fingertips that we can covet. And I'm not just saying their spouse, but you know, whatever they have. And so, yeah, it's, cause I think it says cows too. And yeah, their well, servants and their cows. Got the cows. <laughs> um, but all that to say, so it's like, and I've had this conversation with people and I still use social media and I feel like it's a, it's a love hate thing, but I just sometimes get in these positions where I have these thoughts of just like, um, has social media done more harm than good? Right. You're kind of more removed from people. So sometimes you find it easier to be like, like you said, you're never going to covet those things from your neighbors who you know, but that person over there that you have no relationship to, it's a little easier to let yourself think about those things or become jealous yeah. or, yeah. So, um, well, or to covet, it almost feels like a fantasy. You can create these fantasy like a fantasy covet heart. Cause it's like, yes, me coveting my neighbor is whatever he has. That's a little bit more practical. You know, it's like, it's a little bit more tangible, but when I'm just coveting, you know, this celebrity that I follow their lifestyle and I can just sit there and kind of get lost in yeah. that, you can kind of trick yourself into thinking, well, it's just a fantasy. So it's not really coveting. Right. But it still is not positioning your heart correctly. And so all that to say, do what you got to do. But um, don't let your kids have social media <laughs> or smartphones. <laughs> there we go. Because, well, it's just crazy. Like, sorry, we'll, we'll get on the smartphone tangent for just a minute. Okay. 
Because, like, think about our generation. You know, smartphones came, came out when we were already adults. I didn't get my first smartphone until after we were married. Right, correct. Um, and and, um, and still, it creates problems when not used appropriately. Or you can allow yourself to, you know, be spending too much time on it. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. And we didn't get it until we were adults. And so now it's like thinking like, you know, eight-year-olds who have smartphones. It's like they don't – I was an adult, and we didn't – of course, it was newer for us, so we didn't really know. We kind of – just things kind of started coming out, you know, before we really knew I what mean, I remember what I were, had to but. pay for text messages, like per letter. Mm-hmm. I remember my dad got a bill one month and was like, who spent – you know, which it was me. I was the only other one with a phone, my parents and me. And he was just like, you spent – I forget. It was something like $60 or something, which back then, you know, was a lot. Yeah. He was like, you spent $60 on like text messages. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, guess I'm not going to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I remember I'm, I still have the first memory of the very first time I sent a text. You just. My mom got a, uh, what was the, uh, it wasn't Nokia. It was a phone company that was out way back in the early days of cell phones. And it was a green logo. Oh, Hmm. And it kind of had like a swirl in it. Okay. I forget the brand. That was the phone she had. Um, anyways, and so she could text. And I remember we went to the grocery store, but they left me in the car, and she left her phone in the car. So I pulled it out and was like, and so I texted my, my girlfriend at the time because <laughs> I didn't have a cell phone. And but I punched her number and then sent just a hello. <laughs> and uh, there you go. And that was it. That was my first text message. T nine. You remember doing that? Anyways, yes. Okay, so. Random tangent. But the data is, it's not really up for a debate, parent, listening to this. Like, um, I can be a little bit hard-nosed on this one, but it's not really up for the debate. There's so much data out there that lets us know indefinitely it is detrimental for your adolescent to have a smartphone. Yes. No matter what. I don't care if it's so they can fit in with their friends. That's never a good choice. We should start, should we start some sort of, we'll, we'll just be weird together. Yeah. So you can blame us. We'll blame you when our children try to ask for phones. We'll just say, sorry. Yeah. So-and-so is not. We're not. So there you go. We'll yeah. be your, we'll be your, just and blame thankfully us. they do make phones like, you know, because we'll probably let them have a phone when they're older that they can call us. Right. Um, that sort of thing. You know, a dumb phone, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but not one that they can, that has internet access and all that. Oh my goodness. So. Yeah. I'm going to. Tech group so be strong, that. parents. You know it's you know it's the right choice. Be strong. There you go. Yes. Okay, I'm going to jump back into laziness. Okay. Um, laziness is sinful, but it's more so a symptom of a deeper sin issue, which is worship. And so, when our affections are set somewhere besides God, then our behavior will follow those affections. So, if we have affection for comfort, or we have affection for um, what are some other things we've talked about? If you have affection for those things over God, then your behavior and your attitudes are going to start aligning with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your affections are more towards accolades at work, then your affections are probably going to start working towards workaholism. If your affections are towards comfort and just chillaxing and, Self love and all of this, then you're gonna 
tend towards laziness, comfort. And so, um, that's why in one of our most recent ones, um, prioritizing our time in worship and serving, we want to make sure that we are prioritizing our time well so that our, we can render our worship to the right source. Um, because ultimately who we worship and show time and honor to is who our kids are going to. And so it would be hypocritical of us to say that that is who we're honoring and yet our actions are going towards other things. So, which again, we say all of this not to, we're literally saying this to ourselves (laughs) as well every, (laughs) every episode. Uh, Because again, we do believe that these are helping us to become more sanctified. And so the next time when we talk about this, there will still be things that we're still having to work on. And I think that's the beauty of Christianity is that it's not a one and done. I did it. I'm now right. I can check that off. It's no, I need, I need to continually be washed and made clean. Um, and, and trying to find joy in that process. Um, feel like we hit a lot and I feel like this is maybe one virtue that I don't know if I personally think about often I mean I I think about working and that kind of thing but I don't think about it in this context Mm -hmm. I guess yeah um yeah and why why are we calling our children to clean you know I think those kind of things is um it's just important to think about why we're having them do it why we do it mm-hmm. just to glorify God in, in literally everything we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's the prayer. So. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Please check out if you have children, our biblically centered kids podcast, daily podcasts, short episodes, five to 10 minutes. Yep. Fun topics. Yeah. Um, we go over our virtues. We do New Testament stories, Old Testament stories, quizzes, games, draw alongs, jokes, um, little yeah. fun like history tidbits we'll do at the beginning of some episodes, little factoids just about the world around us that are kind of fun. So, it's, you know, it's educational, it's uplifting, it's encouraging, there's scripture. Um, so hopefully it's something that your kids can find some joy in and that you can trust that they can listen to this. Well, and we're trying to help with these virtues in our own life. We're trying to help make them practical a to us B to our children. And so, yeah, we try to find ways to make things practical or remind our children of these virtues so they can practice them on their own. Mm -hmm. So, all right. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.